This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. Filling in for Jim Smalley, I'm Ryan McNally. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboy Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. On today's show, we have SARM President Ray Orb on the midterm convention being held virtually today. We also have a preview for the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference coming up later this month. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Ryan McNally. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water, they'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Rural municipalities want the provincial government to provide additional tools to help them collect unpaid taxes owed by oil and gas companies. Three separate resolutions on the matter easily passed this morning at the SARM midterm convention being held online. Resolution introduced by the arm of I Hill in the Macklin area and co-sponsored by 45 other RMs from around the province passed by a margin of 242 to 4. It calls on the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities to lobby the provincial government to allow RMs to register liens against oil and gas licenses if there are unpaid taxes. The administrator for the arm of I Hill, Jason Pilot, had a res- permission to of his council to speak to the resolution. What this resolution will do is treat oil and gas licenses the same as any other real property and be subject to the same lien conditions, making much making it much more difficult for the oil and gas companies to default on their obligations, knowing that any potential sale of their wells that the municipal taxes have to be paid in full prior to the transfer of the lease from the purchasing company. It will also be more difficult for the courts to write off taxes through that same vesting order. But RMs sponsoring the resolution say oil and gas companies owe them a combined $10,162,000 in municipal tax arrears and another $3,876,000 in education tax arrears. When combined with taxes already written off, Pilot says the total is over $19.7 million. Another resolution asked SARM to lobby the provincial government to amend the Municipalities Act, the Tax Enforcement Act, and the Oil and Gas Conservation Act to have the operating license of a resource company suspended if they do not keep municipal taxes current. Speaking to that resolution was Brock Minog, a Division Four councillor in the arm of Lacadena in the Kyle area. The mechanism proposed would follow the same method that collection of arrears for agricultural lease land follows. The municipality would notify the Ministry of Energy and Resources if an oil or gas company is in arrears of taxes, and the province notifies the company that if they do not bring taxes current, their license to produce will be revoked. It is a simple, straightforward, and fair process. It would relieve the uncertainty placed on the municipality trying to budget. It would encourage oil and gas companies to keep their operation current and relevant by cleaning up non-producing wells to reduce their tax burden going forward. It would facilitate access to federal money to clean up well sites current taxes is one of the criteria. It would bring fairness back into tax enforcement. 
That resolution passed by vote of 248 to 6. The SAR midterm convention continues this afternoon. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca. Many parts of the economy are affected by supply chain issues. Agriculture is no exception. Saskatoon reporter Neil Billinger spoke to Kevin Hirsch, an agricultural commentator who also farms at Cabri in southwest Saskatchewan. It's difficult just to know what's a, a spot issue or affecting one locale or one producer and, and what's general. But when you start talking to producers or start following Twitter and trying to piece it all together, it seems like even some very common Herbicides like glyphosate or glufosinate for Invigor canola is difficult to get and, and in many cases has increased dramatically in price. Hearing about uh, canola seed shortages, which I'm kind of surprised at because that's produced under irrigation and, and the heat affected them a little bit, but I didn't expect a shortage of that in, in this case. Common implement tires, a 20.8 by 38 tractor tire that's used on lots of tractors, lots of implements. People report waiting weeks to get that or months to get tires for their semis. And this isn't the busy season. The busy season is leading up to spring, and it's a scary thought to think that you'll be scrambling potentially for fertilizer, maybe the herbicides you want, and goodness help you if you have a a break on a major piece of equipment with a hard-to-get part, there could be a, a lot of pain in the next growing season with the supply chain issues. Are a lot of these issues happening in the United States and, and China, and that we're just sort of feeling the after effects? it's hard to track it all down you know the fertilizer thing and a lot of people don't necessarily know this but a lot of the fertilizer issue or part of the fertilizer issue on nitrogen is that natural gas prices are so high in Europe that a lot of those fertilizer plants have actually shut down because even with the high price of nitrogen fertilizer they can't make any money that and China has stopped exports of phosphate. Russia has talked about limiting its uh, exports of fertilizer. We've had container ship issues. We've had you know, Hurricane Ida in, in the southern states. There's, there's a whole range of things happening and it's difficult to get a handle on just what is the cause and what is the effect. But the container backlog and container shipping as part of it, a shortage of the active ingredient for glyphosate in China, there's a whole range of issues and they seem to all be compounding and supply chain issue stories seem to be getting worse and worse. John Deere down in the States, that's another one. Yeah, with 10,000 John Deere employees out on strike and have voted against the latest contract offer, could be out for quite some time. I'm not clear whether that affects mainly the manufacturer of new equipment or whether it will affect existing parts supply. But on everything from pickup trucks to farm machinery, the semiconductor chip problem and other supply issues has really thinned out what's available in the new market unless you're prepared to wait a long time for it. And in turn, that's probably had an effect on the good used market that those prices have been pushed up just uh, as a supply and demand issue. So a lot of things uh, combining all at once. Getting back to the fertilizer prices, uh 
Is it just word of mouth that producers use now to compare what's out there? There used to be a survey many years ago, about 25 years ago here in Saskatchewan, keeping track of uh, those prices. Something like that would be pretty handy today. It would, although right now fertilizer prices are changing so rapidly from one location to another that it might be difficult even for a weekly or bi-weekly farm input price survey to have a lot of value. We do have you know, a lot better communication and, and producers can text or call their, their local suppliers as they're looking for things, but the, the price has escalated rapidly. Some people think that fertilizer will drop off in price, but that isn't, you know, many other people and, and analysts just don't seem to believe that's in the cards. Kevin Hirsch is an agricultural consultant and farmer. He also writes a weekly column for the Western Producer. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I have here with me Leighton Blashko, who's a Senior Technical Service Specialist with BASF. We're here today to talk about canola storage. Um, I know there, there might not be a ton of canola actually in the bins this year. However, there will be some, and there's some important factors that you're going to want to pay attention to, especially now that maybe it's been sitting in the bin for a couple weeks. What what should producers be aware of? Yeah, I think that's a good question, Kara. You know, certainly this year's harvest was, in general, I would say across the West was a little bit smoother than it has been the last few years. And so the grain probably, or the canola went off, went into the bins in a little better condition from in terms of moisture. But uh, we need to be cognizant of a number of things. And, you know, when you're thinking about safe storage, really, I think there's probably a few things that producers need to think about in that. It's not only moisture content, but also things like the temperature that the canola was binned at, any dockage or amounts of dockage that uh, went uh, in with the, with the canola. And then maybe, you know, in certain cases, there's molds or even green seed concerns. Just because your grain went in at a safe, uh, what you've considered a dry or, you know, maybe under 10% moisture, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're, uh, in, you know, out of the woods. Within the first, say, six weeks after putting it in a bin, the canola is actually, the seed respiration rates can be quite high. That's why we need to be a little bit careful and cognizant of what's happening in the bins. The respiration rates, I don't think we really typically would measure respiration rates, but there are, you know, if you're thinking about numbers and uh, information sources for producers, there are charts that exist. Um, the Canola Council has a chart that would, for example, talk about uh, what safe storage moisture content would be at various temperatures. So, you know, for example, 10% moisture and maybe, let's say, 15 degrees Celsius might be a safe storage um, combination. But if you're putting the canola in at something like, for example, 25 degrees Celsius, you might need that canola to be down to around 8% moisture for it to be considered safe. So there's these charts you can look at, and those are just two examples that I thought I would pull out and uh, you know remind producers that well, the it's not always one number. Things do change uh, based on the conditions. And what do, how do outside temperatures play into that, uh, that seed that's actually in the bin? 
Well, the outside temperatures, of course, um, you know, it, it's primarily we're dealing with the temperature of the seed as it goes in the bin. Um, so on a warm day, if you're harvesting, your canola will be warmer, of course, on cooler, cooler harvesting days, the canola will be cooler. But then it's, it depends on what's going on outside. So if you have a lot of, um, you know, uh, temperatures that are quite warm in the fall, you can keep that bin quite warm and it doesn't have a natural cooling down process. So the external or ambient temperature now in, you know, in this period uh, can be a, an important factor for producers to pay attention to. Um, conversely, I guess if we're getting some cooler nights or we're getting into the period where there's some cooler temperatures outside, that might be a time to start thinking about how can I utilize that cool air? Um, and maybe there's some strategies that you can uh, deploy in terms of uh, using turning on fans or uh, cooling the grain down at this point in time, monitoring it through cables if you have them, or if you don't, you know, maybe turning those bins, those sorts of things would be useful tactics. Now you're talking fans, let's segue into aeration and the difference kind of between letting it air dry and actually having that aeration. Do you want to touch on some of the things there? talk about a difference there so sometimes people talk about aeration or they talk about fans and they maybe use terms interchangeably about using fans or aeration for drying versus using aeration for just uh, you know cooling a bin down so it's really important if you are talking about just aeration that is probably fairly low airflow rates so your bin uh, your fan size to the bin would be smaller than if you were trying to use to do natural air drying for natural air drying, you need, you're still using aeration fans. It's the same thing, but you're probably using a fan in a, on a bin that would, where the fan would be a larger size. So uh, higher output uh, of airflow. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. Official 620 CKRM farm weather brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. Uh, looking at the Regina forecast for today, increasing clouding this, this afternoon with wind gusting up to 50 and a high of 7. 60% chance of showers late this evening and overnight and a low of plus 2. Periods of rain tomorrow with wind gusting up to 60, high plus 4. Tomorrow night, rain showers or flurries are expected with a low of minus 5. Thursday, cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries, the high of minus 5, low minus 11. Friday, sunshine with a high of minus 3, low minus 9. Saturday, in mix of sun and cloud at the high of plus 2, a low of minus 5. And Sunday, mix of sun and cloud at the high of minus 1, a low of minus 6. The normal high for this time of year is 0 degrees. The normal low is minus 10. The sun rose this morning at 8.03. It will set tonight at 5.22. 
Saskatoon this hour is at plus three. Weyburn at plus five. Estevan at six degrees. In Yorkton, it's plus three. Swift Current at plus four. In Moose Jaw, it's cloudy. The wind east-southeast at 24. It's eight degrees. Mostly cloudy in Regina. The wind southeast gusting to 30. It's plus five. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best it won't be long before the advancing women in agriculture conference takes place organizers say it's a great opportunity for people both in and outside of agriculture to enhance their lives careers and businesses we had a chance to chat with director of conferences iris mech who says the conference is happening in a virtual format once again this year november 22nd and 23rd but we are going to go in person in 2022 both in Calgary in March and in Niagara Falls in November. Okay, so let's just talk about what the AWC conference is all about. I guess, first of all, maybe let's get some background on the group and then we can find out exactly what it is that you guys do. The Advancing Women program started in 2014 with an advisory group and myself. We decided to gather women in Canada and U.S. and bring women that are passionate about agriculture together. So... The conference has been going on since 2014. This will be our 13th conference in the series. And every year we bring approximately a 1,000 women to the program. And at the conference, we learn leadership skills, tips and tools that women can use to increase and achieve their goals. Is there a reason why you decided to do this? Was there a, a need for, for women to come together and, and just the women? Well, in 2014, it just occurred to me after doing many conferences every year running my own business is that the percentage of women attending conferences in agriculture was low. It wasn't equal to the number of men that came into the conference settings. And I just felt that there were so many great leaders of women in agriculture that I wanted to profile them and have the industry recognize that the contribution that women make to the agriculture industry is very significant. So by profiling women, having them as role models, coaching and mentoring other women in the industry, we could all find our own voice. How has it worked so far? What kind of feedback do you get after the conferences? Well, the women are very enthused. This is an opportunity for university and college students, farmers, ranchers, growers to meet and communicate with industry leaders, not only in the industry of agriculture, but outside of agriculture. So looking at different perspectives on how to be an entrepreneur, how to achieve success, how to run your own business how to run your own operation, how to get further in your career within an organization. And so many women have found new positions and jobs and career paths. They have enhanced their career paths. And just overall, they are more motivated and re-energized to move forward in their path. Since 2014, and I think you sort of touched upon this, how much have women grown in the field of agriculture since that time? Like, women really have come into their own when it comes to, I guess, being in charge on the farm, haven't they? 
Well, I think we don't know the numbers exactly. Nobody seems to know the number of women that run their own operations, run their own farming operations, run their own entrepreneurial businesses in agriculture and food. But from the university standpoint, the number of women in university taking agriculture is equal or over the number of men taking university courses. So we know that women are achieving great heights in the industry, and we're looking to those women to help everybody else as a role model. Did the women that you have been able to talk to, did they give a reason as to why they're in agriculture, why they decided to go that route, or if they're in university and they're taking agriculture? There's a lot of women in agriculture that are running their own operations, and those come from many succession plans. Women that are born onto the farm usually be involved in the farming operation, or they marry into a farming operation. And women realizing that there are a lot more career opportunities in agriculture. It used to be just production, and now it's research, innovation, new technology. vast number of different areas to go into when you're in agriculture. That was Iris Mech, the director of conferences for the upcoming Advancing Women in Agriculture conference. Tomorrow, she talks about who's going to be featured at the conference this year. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. Natasha Welke, Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist, is back this week to run through the the weekly cattle market reports. It's the middle of the fall run, so it's another week where the majority of prices went down. We did see a change in trends open steers where the prices improved for the heaviest weight category. Usually, you know, they were falling in the lower weight categories. And so when we looked just at the feeder steers, prices ranged from $261.55 per hundred weight for the 300 to 400 pound weight category to $176 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound weight category. And so the only price increase we saw there was in that 900 plus pound weight category with prices going up $4.33 per hundred weight. The largest price decline we saw was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category with tri- with prices dropping $8.35 per hundred weight. And then we move on to prices for Saskatchewan's feeder heifers. We got prices ranging from $201.89 per hundred weight for the 300 to 400 pound weight category to $165.25 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound weight category. The only price increase we saw for the heifers was in the 300 to 400 pound weight category, with those girls going up 17 cents per hundred weight, 10 week averaging $201.89. The largest price decline we saw was in the 400 to 500 pound weight category, with prices falling $3.79 per hundred weight, and so they ended the week averaging $184.77 per hundred weight. What factors impacted the market? Well, once again, we had volume and seasonality were our biggest factors, and we're still getting pressure from those high feed barley prices. Uh, This past week, we saw an increase in both the feeder and live cattle futures, so we'll see what that brings for our cash markets next week. You know, that's a bit of a positive news story last week. What were marketing numbers? So Canfax reported a total of 49,052 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week, and that's up a little bit from 45,369 head the previous week. And it's a little bit higher than the 47,468 head marketed during the same week in 2020. That was Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie with this week's Cattle Market Report. 
The countdown to aggravation brought to you by 2S Auctioneers Online Auction House. Start bidding today at 2SAuctioneers.ca. While aggravation is the premier event for showing cattle, it's more than just the beef industry on display at the show. CEO Chris Lane says there's a diverse group of livestock available to be seen. We've got bison here. We've got sheep. We've got alpacas. Plenty of equine horse programming, too. Uh, one of the things that we're proud to have this year is a ranch rodeo. So it's traditional ranch rodeo events on Friday of the show in the Brant Centre. So that's exciting. We've got eight teams ready to go for that. So there's lots to see on the livestock side of things. It's a great chance for people who might have either grown up on a farm or visited a farm or maybe want to show their kids what farming is really like. And it's the one time that we can kind of get up close and personal here right in the city with it. So there's definitely lots to see. We'll probably have 1,200 head of cattle on site here for the week. But over the course of the week, we're also going to have a total of 2,500 head of livestock across all species. So it's going to be diverse and it's going to be a lot of fun. That was Chris Lane, the CEO of the Canadian Western Agribition. Agribition begins November 22nd. The Market Updates on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy, if you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreatprofits.com. Durham is unchanged this morning at 707.72. Feed barley was unchanged at 383.64. Canola is up $2 to 962.82. Flax unchanged 1,468.62. Lentils unchanged 986.50. Oats also unchanged 536.53. Yellow peas unchanged 582.89. And feed wheat unchanged 261.65. Number one red spring wheat was up $1.49 this morning to 431. 61. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of November 9th. Our last regular sale is on October 27th. D1 and D2 cows sold from 50 cents to 60 cents. D3 cows sold from 40 cents to 50 cents. Counter cows sold from 25 cents to 35 cents. And good butcher bulls sold from 90 cents to a dollar. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $2.36 and sold up to $2.54. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.34 and sold up to $2.49. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.20 and sold up to $2.49. 500 to 550-pound steers averaged $2.12 and sold up to $2.26. 550 to 600-pound steers averaged $2.01 and sold up to $2.14. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $1.94 and sold up to $2.08. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $1.83 and sold up to $2.03. Heifers were 30 to 40 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from a sale were a load of 
pound black steers at $2.26 a pound, a group of 550-pound tan steers at $2.14 a pound, a load of 600-pound black steers at $2.04 a pound, a group of 650-pound tan steers at $1.95 a pound, a group of 700-pound tan steers at $1.91 a pound, and a load of 780-pound exotic steers at $1.88 a pound. We also had reputation black steers from the Barsi Ranch. They had a load of 500-pound black steers at $2.26 a pound, and a load of 580-pound black steers at $2.07 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Sig four in Brandon selling for one seventy seven seventy nine per CKG. BP four TCP four in the Moose Jaw plant selling at one hundred seventy seven seventy nine per CKG. Coming up is the resource report on Saskatchewan agriculture today. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRM. Here's Ryan McNally. Time now for the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Exo Corp says it will close three recently acquired facilities and lay off about 155 workers as it works to streamline production. The Ottawa-based cannabis company says it will shutter operations in Kirkland Lake in Brantford, Ontario, that it acquired when it bought 48 North Cannabis Corporation. The company has also said it will close the Stellarton at Nova Scotia facility it picked up in its purchase of Zenibus Global Incorporated. The Ontario closures are expected to be complete by January 31st, while the Nova Scotia property will be decommissioned by February 28th. Exo estimates 155 workers will be affected by the closures aimed at centralizing the company's cultivation, manufacturing, and distribution operations. Four astronauts returned to Earth on Monday, riding home with SpaceX to end a 200-day space station mission that began last spring. Their capsules streaked through the late night sky like a dazzling meter before parachuting into the Gulf of Mexico off the coast of Pensacola, Florida. Recovery boats quickly moved in with spotlights. Their homecoming, coming just eight hours after leaving the International Space Station, paved the way for SpaceX's launch of their four replacements as early as Wednesday night. On the markets, the TSX is up slightly 11 points to 21,567. The Dow is down 182 points today to 36,250. Oil is up $1.91 to $83.84 U.S. per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 14 hundredths of a cent to 80.37 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Ryan Mc... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.